So when I was in seminary, we had a, a very, very good professor for patristics, which is the study of the, the early church fathers and the early church theologians, and uh, around the time, maybe, maybe even before <coughs> the time of the formation of the, 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 the Nicene Creed, so in 325. So very, very early church, uh, and how the church lived and how the church taught and what the church believed. Very, very important because uh, going back to those first centuries gives us an indication of how scripture was lived right after it was written. So how the first, like, so those, not just those who, who learned from scripture, but in the early days, those who actually learned from the apostles themselves. So not just what was written, but was also transmitted by transmission, by tradition. Uh, what did they believe? How did they live? So very, very important uh, studies uh, of patristics there. But one of the issues, one of the things he said is that all of the heresies that we face today are the heresies of then, just <coughs> with, maybe with a different name or presented slightly differently, but the same fundamental issues. Like he said, Pelagianism, for example, where uh, people believed that when well, the teaching of Pelagius was that if we try really hard and work really hard and pray really hard, we can basically save ourselves if we're good people. If we're good people, then through our own ability and our own holiness, we can save ourselves. Now, that's uh, something that, that this professor would have proposed. Father, Father Joseph Carolla was his name. I, 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 can, I can quote him because it's a good thing. Uh, but he said this is basically what we find an awful lot today. Uh, maybe even at uh, funeral masses and that where the person who passes away or has passed away is basically canonized and you know they went to Medjugorje and they had a they used to pray the rosary every day they used to go to mass a couple of times a week so they're gone to heaven the kind of idea being they were so good they're gone to heaven they were so good they saved themselves they may have been good and that's wonderful thank God for his grace you know, thank God for his grace that they were, you know, able to, to do all of these things and ultimately obviously get to heaven through the, the, the power of God. Thank God for that, absolutely. But just to kind of to be careful to not give the impression that we save ourselves. Okay, another uh, issue, another theological problem that we have today is, a, again, a kind of a modern version of Arianism. So Arianism, um, at the time, just before... Well, around the time of the Council of Nicaea, again, 325, uh, there was a, 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 a serious issue or a serious doubt as regards the divinity of Jesus. Now, this is very, very serious. So uh, Arius taught that as regards Jesus, the second person of the Holy Trinity, the second person of the Holy Trinity, there was a time when he was not. So there was a time when the second person of the Holy Trinity was not. Now, obviously, Jesus in his human nature, there was a time when Jesus didn't have a human nature, absolutely. When he was, uh, when he was conceived in Our Lady, when he was born, and so on and so forth, he, became, he was visible then in a human nature. But before that, he still existed as the second person of the Trinity, just without a human nature. But Arius thought there was a time when he was not. So God the Father created Jesus the Son at some point, but created uh, that's a problem. That's why we have in the creed, begotten, not made. So Jesus is begotten. He, is, uh, he comes from the Father, but he's not created. He's not made by the Father. Okay, so the saint of today, St. Athanasius, fought Arianism, and it was widespread. It, it spread very, very quickly because it kind of, it, maybe, maybe we're not so different to the people of a little less than two millennia ago, uh, it's more comfortable. If Jesus is just a good philosopher and a good guy, 
if Jesus, like, sometimes you hear this, uh, the multiplication of the loaves and the fish, for example. This little boy comes and says, I have five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, good boy, let us share this food. And then people see the example of the little boy and Jesus sharing the food. And then everybody's inspired to share what they have. And then everyone shares everything and the 5,000 are fed. No miracle. There's no multiplication. There's just inspiration and generosity. Okay? Or Jesus, you know, he got things wrong every now and again. The boy foaming at the mouth. I mean, he wasn't possessed. He just had epilepsy. But Jesus says, oh, I will cast this demon out of him. Poor Jesus. He didn't know that it wasn't actually a demon. I mean, these are the kind of things that you hear. There, I say, also in theological institutions. Where we keep taking away the divinity of Jesus. We have to explain away the miracles. Um, I remember hearing recently uh, that the disciples on the road to Emmaus, for example, they didn't recognize Jesus. Right? Because they were walking back towards Jerusalem. See, sorry, walking away from Jerusalem. <clears throat> and in the direction they were going, the sun would have been in their eyes. So Jesus would have walked with them, but they couldn't have recognized him because the sun was in their eyes. I thought, <laughs> that's just stupid. Like the sun is in your eyes for all the journey, and you don't recognize his voice or his movements or anything. Could it not just be that in his glorified body, Jesus was different? Right? Like Mary Magdalene didn't recognize him either. Because it was so dark. <laughs> and they always have to find a kind of a natural reason for things that can, can be supernatural. Like when Jesus heals people. Maybe he just heals them. As God, I think he can manage that. Do you know, as opposed to thinking we have to find another way of explaining our way around the miracle. Why? Because Jesus doesn't have to be so divine. Maybe Jesus isn't divine at all. He's just human. He's just a good guy, a good moral example. So that's who we should follow, Jesus, because he's a good guy. That's a heresy. <laughs> that is a flaming heresy. Uh, because that's basically Arianism. Jesus isn't divine. He's very, very special, created by God, yeah, created by, but created. Uh, and who does wonderful things and maybe has certain power, but he's not God in the same way that God is God. That God the Father is God. That's what St. Athanasius fought and suffered for, for years. He was, uh, I was going to read the account, his, the account of his life this morning, and it's a bit, I lost count as to how many times he was exiled. So he's in Alexandria there in, in, in what was Greece, um, and he spent some time in the desert, and then he was exiled, and he came back, and he was exiled again, and then he, he was exiled in France and in Germany and during one of the Easter ceremonies people broke into the church to kill him uh, they killed some, some of the people attending the ceremonies but uh, Bishop Athenaeus managed to escape like it was a crazy time crazy all because he proposed what that Jesus was God that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity he's God from God light from light he's true God from true God true God that's it he's begotten not made not created that's what he proposed. It doesn't sound so scandalous to our ears, but it, was, it almost cost him his life, and it definitely cost him, cost him what, 17 years, 17 years in exile. So this was, this was very serious. And Arianism actually spread through the majority of the church. And there were very few who stood against, against it, but St. Athanasius was one. I can't even imagine what that would look like. Imagine if, like, if the vast majority of the church fell into a heresy. And you're one of the few. And then all the kind of the organized church is actually, well, 
wrong. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying like we, we, we find ourselves there today or we're not professing ourselves to be anything special, but just imagine <clears throat> in his time what that would be like when so many bishops would have, would have become Arian, so many priests preaching this Arian heresy, and you're one of the few standing against it. Then, yes, the creed is formulated and the creed is clear, thank God, but on the ground, out there in the, in the shticks, as they'd say, uh, people are still teaching or believing this Arian heresy. And so he would travel around and preach against, teach against it so people would understand that Jesus is God from God, that he is God as the Father is God. He is divine, not created. The, the courage of the man is just astounding. So again, when we, when we hear these saints, sometimes yeah, you, you read a short version of their life and it sounds so easy. Yeah, he was a saint and he said Jesus was God. Oh, that's nice. Should we all believe that? Yeah, this, this, like, this, he bled. He bled for that bled for something that we can now believe so easily or we just recite so easily every time we say the creed. <clears throat> but this, the creed that we have and the beliefs that we have are a treasure that was given to the apostles and handed on to their successors and handed on to their successors and handed on to us. And that treasure is not to be taken from. It is not to be sullied, to be dirtied. Nor do we actually have to add anything to it we don't have to add more treasure. It's, it's actually fine. We can, we can clarify things. We can <coughs> pay more attention to certain gems that are in there. We can maybe dust off some of the gems that have been maybe forgotten about. But we don't have to add anything to, we don't have to, add anything to church teaching. Even dogmas. The idea of a dogma isn't to have a new teaching in, in the church. It's, it's to reveal or to uncover something that has always been there. But it's always there. So this is it. We just hand the treasures handed on from, from one generation to the next, if you will. And some generations have had to bleed and maybe even die while holding that treasure before they, they handed it on. And St. Athanasius was one of those who really suffered for, for the faith that we can believe so easily today. So we ask the Lord today for the courage of St. Athanasius and, and so many other holy men and women throughout the centuries who held on to the faith despite adversity, who held on to simply what the church teaches. Not what's popular, not what everyone is saying, not what everyone thinks. What does the church teach? And there is where we find security. There is where we find the will of God. Amen.